talking it through because it does not certainly does not have to be perfect. <laughs> so it's, it's a PSPR. Okay. Um, so I know the overarching problem, and then I understand the concept of the Tuesday one PM and hearing uh, Kina uh, talk about you know the underneath the, the underneath the table. It was just it was that storytelling was so insightful. And then when I go to think about my customer, the Tuesday 1pm problem, I can't quite get there mm -hmm. whilst I was kind of trying to write about it. So I'm still quite broad. Mm -hmm. um, Can I offer something? Of course. Because I feel like I had to pause. I don't know if this is helpful, but I thought about yesterday, I thought about like overarching problems. So like overspending is an overarching problem for my people. And then I asked myself, like, what does that look like at... Um, 1 p.m. or whatever, 2 p.m. on yeah. a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, the other problem I got to was like going into Target for soap and coming out with a $200 receipt. Mm -hmm. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, that's overspending. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, the other problem I thought about was like they can't pay for simple expenses. But, like, um, I was just on a consult earlier this week and she was describing to me, like, if my dishwasher broke, like, I wouldn't be able to have the money to pay for it. So, like, thinking, like, at 2 p.m., like, I have neighbors that actually have money issues. And they're like, yeah, this just went down in my house. And I know what's going on a credit card. So I don't know if it helps you to think about, like, the overarching and then ask yourself. Yeah. So the overarching is that they don't enjoy selling. They see it. So uh, my clients see the selling part as, in like, a, an extra mountain to climb. They think it's icky. They don't want to do it. They also misunderstand selling so maybe that's a separate thing so one thing not enjoying it but then a separate thing like the misunderstanding they kind of think setting up a website that's that's the work to set up the website and then when you press publish then all the sales are going to roll in mm -hmm. so i guess if i can like talk about how that might look like for, for someone one of my clients sitting at her desk setting up her website like spending hours on a shopify course Mm -hmm. I was going to say they're yeah, doing the work. Yeah. I was going to say they're buffering some, probably some type of thing, right? Oh yeah. So I feel like the procrastinate scrolling. You could pull that out. Yeah. What are they doing on two p.m. instead of? I don't oh. know. What, I don't. They're on Instagram. Yeah. Scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to sell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but, and then and then spending a lot of time on social media, thinking that's selling. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Or, or are they looking for like other like? I don't know if your people look for other solutions. So like, let me go buy the Pinterest course. Yes. Because that'll help me. Or set up on a different marketplace. So Etsy didn't work. Yeah. So I'm going to go and set up on Not On The High Street because everyone's selling on Not On The yeah. High Street. So maybe just, yeah, setting up on a different marketplace. Because that'll help me. Switching the city. Yeah. 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 I was an Etsy seller and that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Learning Shopify. Yeah, trying to like, what's this Pinterest thing? So it was a long time. It was like right when Pinterest started. So I was like, I don't even. So that's know. the kind of the misunderstanding. Watching other people sell on social media, like. <laughs> yep. Or even like Stacy, like I found it interesting when she was talking about like she doesn't read other people's copy. Like she should be reading her right. So like imagining this person's like watching, someone, like stealing someone else's selling method. Yeah, but they're not. I don't know what your process is, mm -hmm. but like instead of doing the things you're telling them they can do. Yeah, okay, so that's great. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem part. And um, the way I wanted to talk about it in my marketing was more about what they desire 
rather than talking about what their problem is all the time because I feel like I feel like they know that they know the problem but then maybe it's all about I, me saying it better than what they can say it themselves but I think I have this story that they know what the problem is and I keep saying it to them it just feel worse that's not a helpful story right right <laughs> I think the point of talking about the problem isn't to like let them know what the problem is because they know yeah it's to say I like I see you yeah and I have a solution yeah right because when if you can say like oh I, like you name the problem and they're like oh my gosh yes but I have that problem and then when you say and I have this simple solution yeah. that's like that's the part right that's like oh Okay, what is it? I need to know the solution. It's always really helpful to me because, uh, you know, I come from my backgrounds of marketing and business and more of a corporate setting. And so it was always like poke the problem was kind of the marketing strategy and mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good. And so the way I always think about it is um, when someone like if you're in a room and someone says their problem and you have that problem, that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Is such a gift. I mean, like, such a gift. It can literally sh like feel shame. And like, so when, when you talk about a problem in an email or whatever, like, it's really helpful to think of it like that. Cause like, for somebody out there, they're gonna be like, they would have never told anyone, mm -hmm. you know? It's even happened in this room, right? When you hear someone talking, you're like, wait, that happens for you too? Yeah. It's not just like a me problem? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I share part two really quickly. So then you go on to the solution. I've been thinking about how to say the solution in the one sentence and thinking about it, the idea of it being an irresistible offer. Um, and so the solution is that I teach them how to enjoy selling in 20 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Alexander coach someone on the page in the last round saying, it's almost like when you say your solution, it's almost imagining them leaning in and going, what? Tell me more. Oh, you just said that. And I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> in my brain, when I say that, half the time I'm telling myself that's corny. <laughs> that just sounds really corny. Like what are you chatting about? Mm -hmm. Which isn't helpful. And then the rest of the time I'm like, that sounds really exciting. Wait to teach you the whole process of this. Right. So just in a little bit of, and I know my low value cycle will be getting back to my office, going to sit in my launch and write my nine to twelve email sequence, and I'll be in the story of this is corny. Mm -hmm. So that will be my low value cycle. When you say this is corny, what does that? What do you mean? Is it like the actual words or the? Yeah, I was going to Google, actually, I don't even know what the word corny means. I was going to Google it to actually get a definition. <laughs> You're like, this is what I say, and also, I don't know what it means. Yeah, 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 because yeah. I think it was probably something that was, I think, yeah, kind of an in inherited <laughs> saying, shall we say, that's perhaps not my own, yeah. um, that maybe just let go of, because I don't think it's corny. It's very doable. It's simple and doable. Okay. I don't know what I actually. I have a question, Leona. Does your best client think it's fucking amazing, or does your best client think, "Oh, this is corny"? Yeah, the the whole filter thing has been really great. Yeah. That was my work last round, yeah. and there's a lot of unsubscribes from. I hate saying yeah. worst client, but we know that doesn't mean they're bad yeah. people. But just some people that didn't suit suit mm -hmm. that idea, mm -hmm. and it really was like Marmite. 
you either love it or you hate it. Good <laughs> <laughs> okay, So it literally like a good percentage of people just ran away from me, and a good percentage of people just ran towards just going, yes, tell me more about this. Yeah, and always remembering that that percentage that runs away was never going to buy from you. Well, they were already in the membership. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's not true, because Maggie said she like unsubscribed from Stacey and then came back. So yeah. I'm not that I would spend time like, oh, they left, they might come back. But like, yes, you don't really know. Yeah, yeah because it's different. Yeah. I subscribe right. from people's emails all the time just because I have too many emails. It has nothing to do with their oh, membership. Or the, the, the paying membership. Uh, uh, Why would you look at who? Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just had to uh, do the admin once a month. So I have it go, it filters through to a different email address. So I don't have the pings come through with the unsubscribes. That filters. And then once a month, I go and do the admin for it. I self coach. <laughs> <laughs> I would just not do the seat. <laughs> and, but when I was seeing the names of the people who unsubscribed, like I wasn't surprised with a lot of the names. And I wish them well. Like, totally. It was great to work with you. I wish you well. This is what we're doing now. And yeah, you might come back one day. Because we're, you know, obviously we're sharing it on social media and stuff. It might click just later on down the line. Yeah. Corny. <laughs> Definitely not corny. Sounds good to me. I, I would love to sell the my people in 20 minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> we can join their program. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could also think about it this way if you're like, if your brain has a hard time with like, okay, there are only two options. It's either like the best clients will love this or like the not best clients won't. There's also a middle ground that's like, if there are some best clients that that in your mind, you're thinking they might think it like, oh, that's a little corny. Yeah, gimmicky, gimmicky. Okay, then then think about like- 20 minutes a day, like- Yeah, then think about like, how do I explain it in a way yeah. that like takes that away for them? Yeah, they, like, I have people doing it now, it's working, so. Just, okay, so the best client that perhaps is, leaning in but still a little bit unsure yeah um and then it's down to my model in my models i'm certain i'm ex not excited i'm certain um i don't know what other feelings i'm just trying to think what other feelings that's what came up for me in my models uh with this is being certain compelled and creative when i feel in my body that way mm -hmm. that's when i can show up and serve and deliver this process and really start testing it out so it might still need a bit of tweaking mm -hmm. let me say one more thing remember yesterday when stacy was like if you're worried that they're going to think it's gimmicky like call it out like you might yeah. this yeah. is gimmicky need the objection like yeah. you might this is corny mm -hmm. <laughs> or <laughs> it's not corny or unrealistic yeah. or yes. yeah. yeah like yeah. I think that, yeah yeah and not being afraid to say what you're thinking because you don't want to plant that i also you think it's already there. too like you could like that could be a great place to have like a testimonial from a client that is doing it in 20 minutes right like yeah. like as social proof like because then you're also not just meeting the objection but then having like the proof that like no there are people who are yeah. selling in 20 minutes a day yeah right thank you you might have thought it was gimmicky at first yeah <laughs> thank you
This is so interesting because this is where like I tend to try and get into the how. Mm. Right? Like this is how I'm gonna teach you to sell in 20 minutes a day. Like <laughs> this is like a ridiculous question, but is it enough just to like say the thing? Right? Like I struggle with that so much. Like, is it enough just to say, like, I'm gonna teach you how to sell in 20 minutes a day and you're gonna like it? Yes. Answers, yes. Mm. Yeah. I think especially if it's like um, layered with really describing the pro that that problem of why they oh, they spend too much time doing it, like you know you really see like okay here's why they're spending too much time doing this, and here's the thought error that creates that or something like that, and then saying and I'm going to teach you how to do this in 20 minutes, they kind of understand what drives the over the too much time. And I think it like naturally just implies like, oh, this person knows my problem. So it, they're going to be able to help me get to that solution because clearly they see why I'm, why I have this problem in the first place. I don't know. I think that that's what Stacey does so well because she describes it so well and you understand that she knows why you do it. You just feel like, okay, if she knows why I do it. She knows how to fix this for me. Yeah. I'm also curious if you put that in, like, I if you put it in an ITC, that, like, 20 minutes, like, what comes up? And then um, continuing to think about, like, what would their objections be? Like, if you believe that, right, like, what else are they going to be talking about? I think that'll help you, like, tease out. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Hello, good morning, good afternoon, evening, whatever time it is. <laughs> yeah, evening, thanks. Good day. Um, good day. I, it's, um, can we zoom that camera in at all? Because it's oh. difficult to see again today. Olivia is not here. Does anyone know how to do no. I actually don't oh, even know how mind. to do it, but here, I can walk down though. I can get closer. <laughs> I can move it on. It feels like you're at the other end of okay. a football pitch or something. Here we go. Okay. Anyhow. Hi. Yesterday, you said, let's, let's come back on that thing I brought up at the end. Do you want to do that now? Sure. About the funnel stuff. Okay. So I'm doing an e-course as part of my funnel. Oh, yes. Yep. I'm setting okay. up a Facebook ad funnel to an e-course to my one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. <clears throat> and I guess that's fine. I'm just concerned because it's, it's, to my mind, it's not what other people are doing. And um, I think it's going to work really well. I okay. think it's a great idea, but other people might have reasons why it's not a good idea. Uh, like other particular people or just the others out in the <clears throat> world? Well, I mean, it's just not a 200K <laughs> thing, is it? We don't do a lot. We don't talk a lot about paid funnels. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, we're probably not going to do a lot of coaching on paid funnels, but it's not a problem that you have one. Are we going to be in this group working together after the live event, or is this just for the live? We will be working just like last time, like every month, have a breakout room. Okay. Well, maybe it'll come up, the details of it will come up later then. <clears throat> What, is there something specifically that you're wanting coaching on or is it just your thoughts about I have a paid funnel and I'm not supposed to? Well, I just, yeah, I just wanted to air that in case 
you know, in case there was some quite strong input on that now, might affect my decision making. But otherwise, no, I don't. I'm building it. It's happening. Okay. I have zero strong input. Anyone have anything? I've never done one, so I cannot speak to this. Right. Same. Same. I have. Okay. I run ads. Is that what we're talking about? I run ads. I have paid. Yeah. I mean, Dex, I would say we're certainly not going to be, even in the, like all of the rooms, I don't think that there's a lot of coaching happening on paid ads. Just because, sorry, that I thought someone was here was talking. I think it was a recording. Um, there won't be a, you know, like a lot of opportunity for specific coaching on paid ads, but if you, anytime you have thoughts about selling whatever you're selling in any form, of course we can coach on that. Okay. Does that make sense? I've yeah. never, I actually haven't even done paid ads myself. I, most of the, I don't think any of, most of the instructors have. So it's not something that I can, I can't give you like logistics help, but I can certainly coach your mind on any of it. Yeah, it's not so much on the Facebook ad itself, mm -hmm. but the funnel part. So when, it, when, when issues come up, I'll bring them up. Later. Yes, perfect. Good. All right, Whitney. Okay, I am having trouble taking my general problems to the Tuesday 2 p.m. problem. Okay. And um, the reason why is because I don't know. I'll, I'll okay. Here's here's my thoughts around why. Um, so my client, my ideal client for this course, they they have money, um, and they're like every time I get into trying to figure out their two p.m. problem, I start to feel like it isn't really reflective. Okay. Um. I don't know why I have such a big block around this, but I definitely do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can't even explain to you what I'm trying to tell you right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, they have money, but they, um, they aren't able to actually build wealth with it. So like the, the profile of my client is like, they, they're like consistently running like 20 to $30,000 in their savings accounts but they're never like taking any extra money and like putting it into wealth building or um, like building the life they actually want for themselves. So when I start to like really look at their 2 p.m. problem, it starts to feel like, like I'm describing a more dire problem than they actually have. I feel like, um, am I making any sense? Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, I do want to pause you for one second and say, I just want to point this out and see if it's at all helpful. I love this concept and it's Olivia's. It's not, this is not something necessarily that Stacy teaches. Yeah. Right. Like this is something that Olivia brought up. It's something I use in my marketing. I think it's very useful to think about, but I just don't want you to get like, so zoomed in on this that you're like, oh no, like this is a problem that I must solve immediately. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's actually reflective of a larger problem for me in my marketing. So that's why it's like, I am really zoomed in, zoomed in on it. Yeah. And it's just like a resistance to really describing what their daily life looks like. It's like, yeah. Um, 
I, I would just ask you why, why aren't, why aren't they building wealth? Is it, they're just, they're like, is it a fear of losing money in investments? Is it fear of not having money available? Is it, you know, is it the financial lingo jargon? Is it overspending? Like they're like, if you go to their F line and their A line. Yeah. For me, the reason why I believe that they're not building wealth is because they haven't really sold themselves on the future that they really want to live into, live into. Like they don't really believe that what they want to build with their wealth is actually possible for them. And so because they're not really believing that it's possible, like they haven't created a compelling enough reason to actually do it. So everything that happens for them in the moment is the more important thing in the moment, simply because they haven't fully sold themselves on their future. So that's, that is like part of my marketing. That's what I really help people. Yeah. But here's the thing, if, cause this is, cause I'm a former financial planner, right? If you look at like a bell shaped curve of people, yeah. there are people who are going to wake up at like 84 and realize that they don't have enough money. Yeah. Right. But those aren't your people because they're not even interested. But there is like on the other tail of your of your bell shaped curve, there are people who are starting to think about it. Either people who are starting to think about it and they're starting to like turn their heads and look when you when you talk. And there are people who are who are like more actively looking. Like I call it my clients, there's a, like there are four stages. There are people who are just starting to hear. Yeah. There are people who are starting to look. There are people who are looking for you. And there are people who are going to sign with you. And talking to all four of those stages, but like 90% of the people in the world are not your people and don't try to convince them that they should really think about thinking about their future because it's possible because you're going to be just banging your head against the wall. Like yeah. let them go. Somebody else will convince them one day or I don't know, they'll have to live off social security or whatever it is. But they're like the top 10% of that tail is ready for you on some level. So just talk to them. Yeah. It's like what you said yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, about how spreadsheets aren't sexy. Your uh -huh. people, they may not know all the structures and how to create it, but they think spreadsheets are sexy. They think like putting this stuff together, like they covet that. They want that. Like yeah. the people who are like, oh, this is not only not sexy, this is like revolting. I mean, that's such a long customer journey before they're going to get to you. That it's so really is, not your people. So are y'all hearing that I'm trying to sell to people who don't want this? Yep. Is that what you're hearing? Okay. Yeah, you're selling to your worst clients rather than the, the people who like want this. And you just have to help them believe harder that it is possible. So, okay. So you're saying like the reason that I came up with for them not building wealth because you're saying like, that's not an actual problem for my people because they're already sold on, they have a future they want for themselves. Yeah. Is that kind I of wanna, I want to pause for a second. Okay. I think there's a little bit of like people giving you their opinion right now. And I'm curious if what they my... are. Yeah. Because I think the problem here is that you aren't quite sure. Yes. And as someone who can relate to your ideal client, I disagree with some of the things being said. So I just think that there's like, I second that. A, I just think that there's, and that's not, it, neither is right or wrong, right? I'm not like, oh, I'm your ideal client. So like what I think is right, but I'm just right. hearing some things that I'm like, oh, those are like opinions, which is totally fine. 
And I want you to explore that, but I want you to be very clear about who your person is, not hear someone else say who your person is and you think like, oh shoot, I need to talk to that person. Yeah, that 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 feels really true because I'm not that person either. Um, like in how I talk about for, for a long time with my personal finances, that's exactly how, like I've never budgeted a day in my life and I'm a financial planner. Like I just don't budget. That's just, but I still take really good care of my money. And it really took me seeing other people doing really cool shit that all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe I can do that too. And so that's kind of like what got me. So that's what I try to sell. But I think it's difficult for me to communicate how their life is on a daily basis when it feels like such a, it was like a vision that pulled me in to, in, yeah, to inspire me to do something different. Um, can I, can I ask a clarifying question? Like when you talk about building wealth, I thought that was for your one-to-one -one program and the course is for learning money management. So it's um, money management for wealth building. <laughs> Okay. I and made that so, decision yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So what's the problem if you don't know how to manage your money? I could answer that, but. <laughs> yeah. What's the problem if you don't know how to manage your money? Um, I mean, to me, it's really emotional, like not being, not knowing how to manage your money. It, it's, it's less about knowing how to manage your money. And to me, more about just being in, in relationship with your money and wanting to use it in a way that really reflects the life that you want for yourself. And like, that's truly how I make every financial decision that I like comes in front of me is like, is this going to get me closer to the life that I want to build for myself? Yes or no. And that's, yeah. So, um, the problem is that you wake up and you never get to live like your best life. You're just like always using your money on stuff that isn't reflective of, of what you really want. Can you give me an example of when you say like, I feel like I'm, uh, I forget the word you use. I feel like I'm like exaggerating the problem or like, um, like making it like worse than it really is to them or is in their life. Like what's an example of that? Yeah. Okay. So like, so there are other, like, I, like one of the examples for that really resonated with you all is when we were talking about um, looking at the um, looking at the budgeting app under the table and being like, hey, do I have enough money to be able to like do this brunch? Like for me, that just wasn't a problem. Like everyone's like, yeah, that really makes sense. But that wasn't a problem that resonated with me for one of my clients. Like yeah. they're not worried about having enough money at brunch or they're not worried about not being able to afford a dishwasher. But the thing, the reason why I'm pulling those up is because I think they're brilliant. And I think that the, that level of specificity is so attractive to me, but like, I can't, I can't relate to that for my client. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> shit, what is it that they, what is you, their struggle? Do then? you have intake forms from your clients? Like, do they fill out anything before a consult or before they work with you? Yeah, I do. Yes. Go, go look, they've given you their words. So like yeah. in those pieces, they, they probably, I'm imagining that your clients like say like, I know I could be doing more with my money. Right. So like, just go, yes. like, giving you the copy, go read it. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I do to look at like what they're saying. Cause they say things that I'm like, I mean, I, I don't relate to looking at my budgeting app underneath the table, but because I'm listening for how they describe their problem, 
um, and just like tuning my ear into that. And so I have tons of intake forms from past clients. I would just scour a couple of your best clients to think about yeah. that problem and how they articulate it. Yeah. The, the thing is, yes, that's, I would love to peer coach with you, by the way, because I think that we have like slightly different clients, but I feel like you really get this. And I'm like, I just want to talk to you so bad, but, um, but hold on, Whitney, can I ask work a hundred percent is to trust myself. Yes. You really want to know our answers, right? You're like, no, 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 like, tell me what my clients do. <laughs> and so I'm actually going to cut this off because I want to okay. move on. Yeah. Um, but the, the last thing, but I want you to keep working on this, right? Not like, okay, this is done. Don't ever bring this up again. Like just keep working on it. Okay. And the other thing to consider, and this is for everyone, when you're thinking about when your brain is going to like, what's this problem or what's this problem, consider that sometimes it might be, I don't know the word for this, but like a negative, like a, the opposite of a problem, almost like a avoidance instead of if you're trying to find like an action, like for me, as someone who relates to some of the things that you're saying, especially like a couple of years ago, I never would have been checking like a budgeting app or like doing things like that. I would have been not thinking about it at all, avoiding it altogether. Yes. And then every once a week being like, oh, I really should start this, yeah. this fund or start this thing. Exactly. So think about it. And I'm not saying those are the right things, but just think about like the opposite of like, it's not like in this moment I'm panicking, yeah. but where are all the ways your client might be avoiding it completely. Thank Can you. I That's helpful. Real quick, Lindsay. Yeah. Cause I feel like you did give us a pretty specific example from you where you saw people, <clears throat> saw people doing really cool things. And then you thought that was possible for you. But so like for your client, it might be something like they see other people planning these vacations and then go, oh, I didn't like plan for that myself or that's something I want for myself. So like, I wonder if um, you actually have more specific examples than you're allowing yourself to have. Totally, which is why I want her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to point out you gave yeah. us one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we're done. No more. <laughs> I don't want to ask her a question. Oh yeah. I want to offer her something for the perspective and lens of the model. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. List ten C's that your clients have and work from there. Of that. Great. I will totally do that. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good job. All right. Let's see one person in the room. Does anybody here? coaching on anything i'm just going to make a statement that my goal said 350 and i'm going to be either extending the timeline or dropping it and i don't have a problem with it and i don't need to be coached on it but whatever that book says is incorrect great i think you said that on the first day didn't you I did but i didn't know my <laughs> just in my brain trying to process everybody's energy in the room it just came out different ways so perfect yeah okay all right kimberly Hi. So I was gonna, I wanted to read one of my emails. Are we doing that now? Yeah, we will get to that in just a second. I just okay. want to be sure, and you can go first when okay. it is time to do that. Anyone Perfect. else need anything from the last two days? Then we're gonna move on to emails. This hand might be up. Yeah. Mary. Mary. Oh, Hi. Where's Mary? Where's Mary? Our Mary. 
Hi. Okay. So, and I'm sorry if you covered this yesterday. So if I'm asking a question, you can just say, go watch the video. Um, oh. one of the things, uh, there may or may not be a video continue. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the things that I recognize, and I talked about this the first day that, you know, I've drawn in, I don't want to say worst clients, but y'all know what I mean. Like not my ideal client. And mm -hmm. I did it, I think somewhat from, that convincing energy and um as as opposed to compelling so i just want to share like my thought around what's compelling and and it's to the point about compelling is it's it's touching that pain point but from a place like there's more for you as opposed to i feel like with my the the newer the newbie client if you will it's that convincing like oh my god come join us it's really great you this is what you're missing out on right. and so compelling versus convincing the convincing feels like that's drawing in my not ideal client mm -hmm. and i so the question is for really is is there any what's a good tip maybe on I'm trying to get identify the feeling that I'm having when I'm writing copy from that that place. And I think the feeling is preachy. I don't know, is that a feeling? I'm trying to get a model down so that I'm like, okay, you know, the the convincing writing versus the compelling. What it, what is my state? Yeah. Yeah. Um so what are like, you can you take yourself to the place of like in the moment writing emails? in in times that you know you've brought in not maybe non-ideal clients and what's happening in your head like what are you thinking about i think it it, it is like um it almost feels a little just like too negative right where i'm just um where it it feels like i'm I mean, just almost like beating them over the head. I guess that's like the per the visual that comes in, like, come on, you got to do this, and and being in that that kind of that kind of energy. And how are um, you feeling when you're in that space? Yeah, it feels terrible, and it feels like um, I feel like I'm trying to help drowning people when I'm in that place, and I don't I don't like that. I don't. That's not a space I want to be in. It's more that I want to be like, here's my hand not like you know i just had this mental image like i'm in the pool and my arm is around their neck and i'm like swimming and floating with them like that's not the vibe that i want you know it's just um what vibe do you want let's go with that analogy like imagine so yeah you probably don't you don't need to swim into the pool grab them around the neck and say like okay well you're coming with me i don't care if you want to Okay. I just had this visual. Thank you. So yes. that's what I needed. So okay. the vibe is, and I say this to clients sometimes, like I'm, I'm like the guide with you. And so we're walking on one side of the river and there's your future self over there. And I can help you walk across the bridge. Like I love thinking about that mm. and then, and then helping them see that. Okay. That's it. Thank you. Okay. I needed to remind <laughs> myself when I'm in that space, I love that. And that feels, um, it's still strong and it's direct. And it's, um, okay, I'm good. All right. This is a great exercise for anyone to do when you are thinking about 
sitting down and writing copy or, you know, when you're writing your emails to really, I love that you brought this up, Mary. Thank you. To really realize, like to notice, oh, this is the, the place my brain goes. And this is how I feel. This is how my body feels when I'm writing to like, when I'm in this convincing, you know, I must save all the people or, you know, my worst clients just grasping for like anyone versus the energy I'm in when I, I'm grounded and that like, I know exactly who I'm talking to. I know why they want this. Let's go. Right. Which is like just a very different energy than so different. Oh, someone just buys. So different. Thank you. I, I have definitely been where you are, Mary, obviously. Um, when I, the thing that I've done to help get me into the grounded energy is doing ITC first, but not from a place of trying to even convince, like never doing ITC to convince myself, just ITC and what I truly believe in their, what they can have, what their results are. And you know, you're thinking about them a lot. I, I would almost think like you go more into the convincing, but I think just your own awareness of what is available and what can change and all the things that come up that ITC really grounds me in, um, just, just grounds me down, which is Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. All right. So what we're going to do now is move on to, I, some, I'm struggling all the way down here. It's Kimberly, right? And you just wanted, you, this is like for email stuff is why you have your hand up, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Let me give directions. And then if you have an email to read, you can go first. So we're going to take just a couple, depending on how much time we have, we're going to take a couple, um, a couple of you to read your emails. You'll get feedback. And the way we're going to do this, because it's very, this is like the time where it gets very easy for every person to have an opinion. And we could spend like three hours dissecting one email. What we're going to do instead is someone can read an email and then I'm just going to take a couple volunteers. And what I want you to think about is not, isn't necessarily like, oh, this line, like it should say this instead, or this thing should say this instead, because that won't be helpful for the whole room. What I want you to think about is do, what do I hear? Like, is there a theme I hear that maybe doesn't line up? Like, is there like a lot of coach speak or cliche type words in it? Um, it's, what is let me look up her examples. Are there too many themes, right? Like sometimes we can write an email that's very long and it might have like 20 themes in one email. Um, are, are you like talking at them instead of talking to them? Those are the types of things I'm looking for. And it could be with a specific example, that's fine. Like, oh, this line, it feels like you're talking at them. Is everyone, is everyone clear? Okay. All right, Kimberly, are you ready? I am. Okay. Um, Let's tell us what kind of email is this? Is this a philosophy? <clears throat> so philosophy was how I was writing it when I wrote it. But then when I look back on it, it's a little bit of PSPR as well, kind of. So both, okay. I guess. Let's hear it. Okay. Have you ever sat in a bank across from someone wearing a suit showing you charts and graphs? It's like they're speaking a different language. When they're done, they ask if you have any questions. And for some reason, you say, no, I'm good. Then they give you documents to take home and you never think about them again. This is the experience of so many of my clients. My mission is to make finances clear and simple. I believe that investing doesn't have to be complicated. 
I know that you aren't going to take action if you feel confused. We create a plan based on your unique money values and we don't forget about it. We coach on it and we check in with it. I'm proud to be doing it differently. If you want to do investing differently too, click here. So the thing that I really wanted coaching on about it was after I wrote it, I felt good while I was writing it, but after I wrote it, I really don't like to say to like pick on the banks or the financial industry in that way. And I felt like I was doing that a little bit, but it also is kind of my client's problem. So that's what I really wanted coaching on. Okay. That was my favorite part of the email. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, so one feedback that I would give, and this is for all of you, if you think about the finding the most kind of impactful part of your email and moving that to the to the very first sentence mm -hmm. will change everything about the like flow of that email. So instead of starting it with the question, starting it with like finances can be simple and clear, okay. whatever that line was yes. that you said. Yeah. Okay. And I did kind of whip this off, so I wouldn't necessarily have sent it out that way, but okay. And the reason, and again, this is something for, and not every email needs to start like that, but for this type of email where, where you're talking about that, like when you start it with a question, that's a little, uh, like some people might think, some people might read that and think, oh my gosh, yes. But some people might be like, ah, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Even if they are your ideal clients, like maybe they've just never been in that situation or right? Like you're giving them a specific situation, which is fine if you start the email with the thing that's like really going to get them. Okay. Do you know what I'm hearing there though, is you're starting with the solution, not the problem. Because the part about them being too confused to take action might also have been a good start. Okay. No, it, do, it doesn't. Oh, uh, Melissa just said they don't necessarily have to go in order, which is true. There's no like, this is not like the about finding the perfect formula for writing the email. Yeah. You can really start with whatever you want, right? And what I gave you was just an example. I was yeah. not saying like that has to be the line, but just to think about like pulling out one of the things. But no, that that's useful is. because when I'm read when I was reading it, I felt like the beginning was clunky as well. Mm -hmm. And the, then the middle parts really were, like, that's the part that really is impactful. I felt, I felt that too, so it's useful. Does anyone have thoughts about what she asked about? About the, like, speaking to the, the banks or the people in the industry? I mean, you're not marketing to those people, so who cares what they think about it? Can it just be about polarization, which works in your favor anyway? Yes, it does. Absolutely. I just think, I don't know, I guess I've heard Stacy say, you know, she doesn't say bad things about, you know, other coaches or whatever. And then I kind of started to think about that as well. And, and so I've tried not to do that. Um, so that's just kind of where my brain went after I wrote it. What did you say that was bad? I feel like maybe I missed that part. No, I didn't say anything bad, just that it's like they're speaking a different language, they're wearing a suit, da da da, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, that was just... You're not really saying anything bad about no, them, no, you're just saying like, <laughs> the, like the client's experience and then 
how you're going to help them. Yeah, you're right. I'm not really saying anything bad. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with that. You're not saying the banks are bad. You're saying maybe you have this experience when you go to a bank yeah. and yes. you don't have to say like, oh, going to a bank is really awesome all the time. Like that's not, you, you don't have to say that in order to be okay and not be like critiqued, like overly critical of banks. Okay. And they already, do your people already like think those things about the banks? Yes. Or about the financial industry general yeah do you think that way about the banks and the financial industry yes <laughs> someone who's been in it and is in it yes because <laughs> it's interesting because i'm confused whether <clears throat> you're taking a dig at them or you're highlighting the disconnection between what i'm viewing i mean as like a sterile field and like where your client is like i'm so i'm, I'm confused about like what you're highlighting well I mean, I'm getting this from my clients' own words, their problems, right? They've spoken to people in the past to, that's how they feel. You know, they're speaking a different language. It goes over my head. They're showing me stuff. So I guess I'm not, I'm not really taking a dig at them. I just had this thought that I was. <laughs> but is the problem really the bank or is it the fact that there's a disconnect in the language, like a, like a comprehension yeah. problem? You know what I mean? Yes. It's, Absolutely. It's, 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 it's a type of, like I guess it goes taking, back. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. It sounded more like you were taking the shame out of them having a persistent problem and not fixing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I also think you haven't really described, like you're describing this experience of them at the bank, but you're not really articulating how they feel and why it's a problem. Like, I feel like if you were to say the suits because you're intimidated, because you don't feel like if you, because you're kind of like putting the responsibility, like the banks are bad. They haven't, mm -hmm. I mean, not, you're not saying the banks are bad, but um, you could just say it's this and you feel this way. You don't feel really seen or reflected or comfortable or safe. And if you could, and that's really what you're speaking to. Yes, it is. And then you can say, and because of you feel that way, that's the reason why you haven't taken your finances to the next step. But with me, I'm going to make sure you you feel that way or something like that. Yeah. What I was getting was really you're highlighting a different experience for them. Like there's a, an experiential piece of it that they don't care for or is not mm -hmm. suited for the way they want to manage their money or whatever. And then I think what we, Whitney was saying about the feeling piece is going to be really important because that is so much of experience is how yeah. we feel. Um, and like highlighting that contrast of how they feel there versus with you. Okay. Will they know what you mean by your unique money values? No. <laughs> um, possibly that was, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because as I read it back, that was actually something that popped into my head too, is I should probably clarify that um, as well. So um, yeah, that's another piece, but those are all really good. Like I was really trying to keep it simple and I did it kind of last night is right after we talked about the philosophy. Um, but those are all really good points. And I really like the, the thought about getting more of their feelings into it. 
The other thing that kind of sparked something in me was, I can't remember the exact sentence, but basically you said, we'll coach on it. Yeah. And I was, I'm kind of thinking about like, just even in my own emails, what does we'll coach on it mean? Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if they are used to the traditional bank system and that structure, then what does coach on it mean? Like, how does that support them or what does that look like? And I mean, that could be like a whole nother email um, about what it's like to be supported mm -hmm. coaching. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. That's exactly what yeah. I had picked up. Okay. So I think I'm good on that one then. That's a lot of really, actually really helpful insight. So thank you. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing with us. Does anyone else have an email they would love to read? Literally, no one's looking at me. You can't tell on Zoom, but everyone just looked down. <laughs> Don't call on me. I do not have an email. Lindsay, I have a question for you. Yes, email. Could, could we, is it possible for us to have like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes where we can like... That's what we're going to do next. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, I just wanted before we do that, check in if anybody has an email ready to go and we want to read it, we can. Or we can move on to, so the next thing we're going to do is think about a nine to 12 email sequence. Can I, I jump in? I've yeah. got an email. Any way I could get the coaching about like my thoughts about Oh, yes, yes, yes. I totally forgot. Thank you. Okay. Uh, maybe your thoughts about emails. <laughs> what? Maybe this would be a good time. For yeah, no, this is perfect. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. <laughs> for me, it would be a good time. I think it'll be useful for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so just a little bit of background. I have a podcast. I post articles on Medium, most of my clients tell me, I came to you, I, like, I found you through your podcast, I found you through your articles. I love writing my podcast and doing it. I love writing my Medium articles. Like I put content out there without a problem mm -hmm. in some places. And I don't do much on social media and writing emails, I do it, but it's like, I mean, I guess the, the easiest way to say it is I feel like I'm an imposter in my emails. Like I don't, my thoughts are things like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how much I should say. What I'm saying isn't right. I don't know how to use emails well. People who want to hear from me will just listen to my podcast. Emails aren't what prompt clients to buy from me. My clients come to me from my podcast and my Medium articles and they don't come to me from my mailing list. I see how some other people's emails are really compelling, but I don't know how to do that. I'm not good at this and I don't know how to get better. What to say in emails is a mystery beyond the realm of my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nothing I say is right. Nothing I say works. Now, here's the interesting thing. Like, despite thinking these thoughts, like I do send emails. Why do you send emails? Because I think I should. Why? Because people have told me to. But why? 
Like, I'm sure that I'm certain that there are other things people have told you to do. Yeah. So you're like, nope, not doing that. Right. Many. Yes. Many. I mean, not, I just keep thinking that I should because other people told me to. And that like, maybe it'll work someday. <laughs> right. Like that's literally it. I'm not like, oh, there's a really good reason for this too. It's just like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. I mean, it's the only reason why I still have an Instagram account, even though I don't really like, like using Instagram. When you think maybe it'll work someday, what does that mean? Like, what does work mean? Maybe like some people will come to me because I send emails. Maybe some people will decide to buy as a result of seeing an email from me. Do you want that to happen? <laughs> I have never asked myself that. That's like, I don't funny. care. I don't care. Like, I don't care about emails. Like, unless I need to care about emails. And I've convinced myself that I do because enough people have told me that I should. But, like, if, if you told me... <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I think it's like... Um can't remember the exact thing, but when Stacy was talking about you're you're like trying to move to like the thing after the thing instead of addressing like the actual problem, which is like I don't actually want yeah actually oh, yeah. apply for my emails or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so then when you sure. skip over that and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna write the email yeah. anyway, and then the, all those thoughts come up. Yeah. And yeah. I just think it's so interesting too that Stacy, like, she's like opposite of what the problem you're saying. She's like I see all these people killing on social media, especially Brooke, which is her coach, right? And she's like, should be doing that. But she's having the constraint because one, she has a little hesitation in it or whatever she shared yesterday, right? And I feel like you're doing the opposite. And for some reason, you're thinking that's wrong, right? Like, I, I don't know. It, you know, that's interesting <clears throat> because I've really like cut back on those kinds of thoughts. Like I used to think like, oh, I really need to like do more Instagram or Facebook, like all that, like people tell me I should get on TikTok. Like medium or whatever, like whatever the avenues you're doing. Yeah. You're doing it in a way that works for you. And Stacey's doing it in a way that works for her. Right, right. Just the continuation of that though is like, I used to have more of these kinds of thoughts and I thought I'd really like cut back on them, but evidently not because I'm still like, oh, I have to send emails. Why is this a problem, though? Um, it takes up a fair amount of bandwidth in my mind. Like, I spend a fair amount of time, like, thinking about, like, oh, I got to send more emails. What should I say? I don't, like, I don't know. I want to explore if you did want to. Yeah. Why would that be? For you, not because anyone said you should. If I could think about e sending emails as like writing something that I really want to say to someone I believe really wants to hear it, then I would probably greatly enjoy it. Why aren't you doing that? I do try to do that when I send emails, but it only sort of works because I have all these other thoughts, like kind of like the mix too. Because you're trying to do it, right. doing it. So why aren't you doing it? Like when you sit down to write an email, you can't just think, I'm going to write whatever I want to say to the person who needs to hear it, yeah. period. Right. But that's not what's happening. It, it's like, maybe it's just a matter of like, I haven't done enough like intentional thought work around 
that kind of intentional thinking. It could simply be that because I certainly, like that thought is available to me. It's just not dominant enough or practiced enough. Mm -hmm. Like I believe it intellectually, but I don't like emotionally. Do you write your podcasts or do you just get on and talk? What are your thoughts when you do that? This is so great. Yeah, I'm gonna bring this forth. People like this, I like this. Like, this is good. Mm. Saying things that are important to put out there. Mm. Can you have those thoughts about emails? It, <laughs> I mean, like to, to- What do you think is the purpose of an email versus um, the purpose of a podcast? My, my like off the cuff thought was like to sound like the way um, other people have told me an email should sound. Like in my head, there's like this way an email should sound. And if I can't do that, then like, what's the point? Well, what is the, that way? Well, I mean, I've taken different copywriting courses and, you know, learned similar things that are like PSPR, but aren't. And then of course, now there's like PSPR in my mind. And, and I think I need to like present insight into a problem, evidence that I understand it, that I have a solution and that it's accessible to people. Do you do that on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused what the difference is. I know, me too, <laughs> me too. I, well, I think it, it, like, keep bringing it back to this underlying, like, the, I love what you said, right? The intentionality of like, I want to figure this out versus, <clears throat> here's how we know that that's under there because otherwise you wouldn't have even brought it up. You would have been like, I hate writing emails. I'm not writing emails. This is great. I'm just going to show up and pretend like I'm doing this exercise and write a pod. carry on. Right. <laughs> right? right? Or like use this information and like use it other places wherever right. I would use it. Right. Yeah. So how do you get on board with, I, I'm just going to like write an email the way I want to write it? I think... The difference, this, this has sort of occurred to me before, but it's really hitting me now. Like when I'm dealing with like my, with writing emails and like seeing like, you know, like new, new opt-ins and unsubscribes. And I'm like thinking about like specific people who I know open all of my emails like 87 times and like, you know, open rates and click rates and all that kind of stuff. And like all of that is like kind of in my field of awareness. Yeah. Whereas with my podcast, I don't look at any of my numbers ever. I just like put it out there. But in order to send an email through my thing or whatever it's called, um, I like can't help but see some of this stuff, like be aware of this stuff. Like, like I mean, by this stuff, I mean like, you know, like how many subscribers do I have? Like who's, who's, who's clicking? And I'm not terribly interested in those numbers, but it does kind of like become part of the process. So I can't entirely avoid it. You um, go in and open your email and write in the email thing. Yeah. Well, I do it first in word, but then I like do it in the, what's it called? 
convert the mail, you know, the MailChimp convert kit. What do I use now? Yeah. Whatever one I use now. But if you're writing it somewhere else, yeah. why are you like, like you can write it yeah. from this space and then go in, see the numbers as you're going in to like post it. But what does that have to do with like writing the email? I think it gets in there somehow. Hmm. I think it does. I'm like very, um, I'm like, oh, people are like watching me. Like, oh, like these specific people are like reading my emails or not reading my emails. When I put stuff out there and I'm not thinking about like anyone, it's different. Like I know that for sure. Are there different people reading your emails and listening to your podcast? Is that? Some, I'm sure there's some overlap. I know for sure there's some overlap, but like, I don't look at the specifics. I think it's really interesting the amount of confidence that you, um, like I'm feeling from you when you're talking about your podcast, you're like, I don't look at numbers. It doesn't, doesn't matter because you're so proud of that work, I think. Yeah. Um, what if it was possible to write an email with that same confidence and pride? Yeah, what if I it I feel like it should be possible. Yeah. And my experience has been that it's not. Well, how could it be possible? The answer that comes to mind is this. Like if I didn't go into my like like email list thing ever, I think my emails would be totally different. Don't go into your email list and never have a VA. Because, oh my God, that's a whole other story. Like right now I don't have a VA. Um, you could pay someone like $10 a week to be like, I log into my thing, post this thing, that's it. 30 seconds of that You give it to them, they put it out and you bless and release. It would be a totally different experience. But like when you go in there, so I mean. Do you want that experience or do you want to stay in the month that you're in? No, I don't. I don't. But I, like a couple of years ago, I spent so much time with like, not the best VAs and I, I like swore off of all of that and I was like okay until I get a, to a certain point I'm just not going to do that anymore I'm going to do like all the things except for my like one specific house though so easy to outsource yeah. Yeah. right say that again what quantifies a certain point to me uh, this like, is the, I mean if it were me this would be the certain point I'd be like this is something that energetically drains me and tires me yeah. and I would rather put my energy into loving my people which you obviously do and let somebody that's an interesting point. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't, I've kind of like struggled is perhaps too strong a word, but I've really done a lot of work around like, okay, like, am I resistant to things because I just need to manage my mind more or am I resistant to something? And I can really just say like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And that I've been playing with that line a lot, but for me, a lot of it has been like, I just like pour so much money down the toilet, like on help that wasn't all that helpful for a couple of years. And I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. So I'll think about that. I said that might be something to explore because maybe you as the CEO of your business didn't define what you needed. So it was part of your learning curve. It's like, sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. I've spent money on VAs also, but as I've learned over the course of, of growing my business, like, oh, I wasn't, either I wasn't ready for it or whatever, but now I understand totally. more. Totally. I want to add, like when I um, decided to do my podcast, I don't want to coach on hiring people though. 
I want to get back to it. No, I just want to, right, I'm just, I'm leaving now, but I'm saying when I just, so somebody um, coached me and asked me, like, if I didn't have to do a podcast, like I had this thing in my brain that I had to do it, like, would I do it? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, no, of course I have a podcast now. But so my question for you is like, if you didn't have to do email, mm -hmm. would you? Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think what Lindsay was asking earlier. And I'm not sure that the answer is no. It might be no, but I'm not sure that it is because I really like writing. And like, I luxuriate in writing emails and letters to friends. And so it's very odd that I'm so like, I've been so like consistently and continuously freaked out by emails to my list because theoretically it's like the medium that I would have thought would have been the easiest and most appealing for me. So, so then it'll be fun to, fun to explore like why might you want to send an email? Right. I think Lindsay was saying that too. Yeah. You also said like, and, and also how can it be really easy? Like some weeks I just send my podcast. I don't even yeah. add anything. I'm like, just like grab the bullet point that the podcast production team puts up on my website. I change them a little bit to more my language and I'm just saying, yeah. it's like this week it was really easy. Like for sure. Maybe today that's what I'm going to do. For sure. For sure. And I well, that's easy because you can write. You're already writing. Oh, yeah. put, you put yourself on medium. That can copy paste to add your email. Like, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The getting yeah. And I want to hear Marie talk. That's not, the, that's not the part. I think the part is like the audience management stuff that trips me up. It's like, who's paying attention? Uh, Thinking about that more, I think, uh, gives me performance anxiety that I don't uh, otherwise have. Okay. I think just like getting into that like gets weird for me. And when I just like put all of that aside and don't think about it, it's fine. Like, I don't know how many people listen to my podcast. I don't care. But like, if the I email numbers money, are just right there I, in front of I, eyes, I, right? Hi. I'm curious, you know, you, I've, I've been listening and, and what I hear you really saying is like, you, you just said it again. It's like, I don't really care uh, because you're not see, quote, quote, seeing you're putting wow. it out there, right? Your, your creativity is going out there. And then when we have our podcast, right, we can't see unless we dig around on those numbers, but the, the, you see it, you know, that opt-ins and opt-outs and all that. And then it's like, what are you making that mean when, when you're looking at the numbers? And, yeah. and if you looked at, and, and it's the same thing, like, why don't you dig around in the podcast numbers? What are the numbers telling you about your work? It's not, I don't think it's really that. I mean, with, with, um, cause what do numbers represent, right? The numbers that I care about are the dollars in my bank account, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but do they, but numbers are numbers is, maybe, or maybe not. So the numbers so. in your bank account are they the same as the opt-outs like like that oh no, no no i don't even i don't spend a lot of time thinking about opt-outs i don't spend it's, a lot of time thinking about opt-ins it's just like getting into that at all what is the thing that happens like when that the moment that screen pops up where it's like yeah oh i can tell you what the feelings are <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and is there somebody on your list specifically that you're afraid that's watching you or not? No. Okay, so it's not one specific no. thing. Okay, it's no. just- No, it's just getting into like any of the specifics with that that I don't really like. Oh. I mean, the well, feelings- I feel like so, something so you said about- It's Was that like- Everyone Right. So I wonder if like, because you're seeing the numbers, there's a thought in there around like, 
oh, like people are watching me and then like you're like, I have to perform and maybe there's like a more pressure where with the podcast, like you don't, you're not giving yourself the sea of looking at numbers. So maybe the thought is like, I just get to be me or something and then it's more free flowing. Totally. So you can totally. borrow obviously the model you have for your podcast, for your email. And how does it work to date? <laughs> so I struggled with this a lot. And one of the things that it's a little A-line coaching, but when I really was looking at those two models of like, this feels very performative to me and I'm putting all this pressure on like my content, like the written content versus like podcasting, just like the words would just flow. And I had such better thoughts about it that allowed me to be there. I would transcribe my podcast and then go in and pull content from there and send that out. I do that too. She does that. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's getting, it's, it's opening, it's opening that's the problem. It's opening exactly. the thing. Oh. It's the, yeah. And I mean, I think you're right. If I just like had a VA that did all of that, it would be life-changing. I just wouldn't think about it. Right. So right. Can I ask you one more question? So what is your, what's your next level goal? Um, to my next level goal in terms of like the mastermind for the next few months or like six Just months money, money, oh. money, reach, whatever impacts you more. So, I mean, I would really love to like double my current. So that would be like 500,000 for next year. Yeah. But I'm also kind of like, well, if I'm not going to scale, is that really attainable? So I don't, I don't know what it is, is, is the short answer. Even if you, even if you go up by a hundred thousand, yeah. right. Yeah. And you're having a, is is the discomfort of the pain of the past of being screwed over by a VA multiple times right. for a very long time, right. is that pain more important than you connecting with your people? Yes or no? Yeah, of course not. Okay. Yeah, of course not. So that is yourself. Yeah. It's not the thing. It's not the writing. It's not the, it's none of it. It's just, just get over the pain of the past. People do this with bookkeepers all the time. Yeah. They're like, oh, the bookkeeper screwed me over and yeah. screwed my money. Right. And then they never hire anyone because right. they right. have the pain of the past. Right. Right. No, I think that's a really good point. And like the idea of just having someone like do that for me is like amazing, amazing. In conjunction with working on your thoughts about emails though, I would definitely create some bit bridge thoughts for yourself. Like you have to decide that you really want this. And there's still, there's a part of me that's like kind of curious if you actually do, because there's so much resistance to like, anytime you get coached on it, you're like, yeah, but yeah, but like, you're really fighting for this limitation for the email. And like, you really got to ask yourself, like, do I really want this? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, create some bridge thoughts, start practicing them and begin working on changing your relationship to emails. Cause you know the work. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really good question. Like, I don't, I, I never gave myself like the freedom to ask, like, do I just want to ditch emails? Like I didn't really consider that as an option until now. I think yeah. I've gone through this a lot in my business too. And I think you and I might be similar in this way where I cannot make myself do things I don't want to do. And I'm not like someone that's motivated by doing things I should do. And a lot of learning marketing stuff in business, my brain kind of goes like lame, stupid, like I don't care about this. And I have to spend a lot of time really anchoring into like, I do want to do this. Right. Like I right. do, like oh, you sure. do want to write email. Uh, but my brain will, I really have to be intentional about that because my brain will take me there about like, 
I don't want to do this. And this is like, you know, what everyone says you should do. And why are we doing this? And I became an entrepreneur to like do my own thing. And why are we doing all this stuff? Cause we should. And I really have to bring it back, like bring my brain back and be really intentional about just not fucking going down that road. It's not helpful. Um, and just coming back and focusing on like, why do I want to send my email? Right. So yeah. when my brain tries to take me to like, this is lame bullshit land, <laughs> right? I just come back and I'm like, why do I want to write the email? I have good reasons. Like, and I like those reasons. And I just spent a lot of time focusing on why I want to do things, the reasons I have for doing them. And I just, I just kind of like have to make myself be there sometimes. No, it's so interesting that you say that because that's exactly what I did with myself for social media. I was like, okay, I'm deciding to do this. Here's why I'm just going to treat it as a task and I'm not going to think about it, but I haven't done that for email. Yeah. I think come up with like, why do you want to send them? Cause yeah, you must, you have good reasons for doing it. You wouldn't be doing it. I think so. Maybe. I have a bag. You should know what they are. I want to leave you with that. Cause that's what it keeps coming back to. Right? I want to like, I want you to sit with that and just really explore it if you want to why do I want to do this what are my reasons and I love what Kelly was saying right like am I willing to feel because if you if you really think about it I would guess if you're writing the email somewhere else and you're going into your email and just like to post and send the email you could probably experience like 30 seconds of discomfort and then just let it go it 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 really has like fingers fed into the writing of the emails. It's been more like far more like all encompassing than I think it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think you could also explore like how can I how can I separate those two things? For me, I'll write like a bunch of emails and I may or may not send them. I might write launch emails and I'm like, and then I'll go, I, I like separate those things completely. Like here's this activity that I'm doing. Later, I'm going to come back and edit and look at them and decide which ones I'm using and am I going to send them and which ones. So it's like a very separate, not as much anymore, but I had, I'm very similar to this. So I had to like really practice. I love my podcast. I hate writing emails. I have learned. Still, I have learned. I don't hate them anymore. Forced myself to just like do the, do the thing that I hated. I have a very rebel brain. I'm sure you could find some very old coaching videos somewhere where I'm like, I'm absolutely not doing that. And Stacy's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you also, when you launched the coach lab, right? You like told us like you you knew that your people were mostly on your podcast. I was just like thinking of you when she was talking about like, oh, I know my people yeah. podcast. You spend a lot. Yeah, and most there. almost all of my people do come from my podcast, but they do go through my email. Right to like get the link and to do the things, right? So it's, I find the proof of like, and this is why I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, people don't have to think like, oh, you have to get on Lindsay's email list. Like it's the best email list. You have to read her emails. I don't think about it like that. It's like, this is just the vehicle for which they're going to get the link. Can I add one very quick thing? So I feel a ton of anxiety when I'm about to send an email to my whole list, even though I do it literally all the time, like every week, more usually multiple times, I still feel tons of anxiety every time. And uh, what helps me get through that, and this is what I tell myself, is you're just scheduling it. So even if I wanted it to go out like now, I will schedule it for an hour from now because 
it just gets me through that the immediate discomfort now I'm working on it, but, and it's gotten a lot better, but it has helped me so much instead of being like, I'm sending an email to my list and everybody's about to read it. I schedule it for a, a time where by that point it goes out. I'm not even paying attention to it anymore. And it's just been really helpful. And I just wanted to throw that out there in case you have the anxiety in the moment of sending it. It's not quite that. And here's the really like confession. Like I actually love the sending and I think the open rates <laughs> I get are like considered good. And so I kind of get the like crack high. I'm like, oh my God, like 42% open rates. Like I kind of like get into that for a second, like when it happens. And so it's, there's so many like weird contradictory like pieces of this thing for me. Yeah. But anyway, I understand my what you're saying and thank you for sharing it. Yeah. My question is, is whether it's that you you feel like you should write emails or you feel like you should write emails a certain way because that freedom and creativity you talked about in relation to your podcast i'm just so curious if if it's the shoulds about how to write the emails that are part of it yeah i'm sure there's a whole lot of that going on because i have been taught you know by many different teachers how an email like should be, right? And so a lot of that is definitely in the back of my mind. Even if I know intellectually that I don't have to do it that way, it's definitely floating around in there. So maybe there's yeah, some... like, like what would total permission look like? Like I remember right. seeing a coach getting coached and she hated writing her email list and she just decided to email voice memos. <laughs> you know, it's like, not as a suggestion, but more like, what would it look like if you gave yourself complete permission to do it, not by the rules? I think that's a great question. Thank you. All right. So next, I'm, I'm, I want to leave you there. Is that, do you feel okay with this? Yes. Okay. Very much. I think you kind of know the direction of, of the work, right? There's a few different yeah. ways you can come at this. Yeah. Okay. All right, so right now we're going to take about 15 minutes and um, we're gonna write a nine to 12 email sequence. You're not writing the emails. <laughs> You're panic, go through As that. I said that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right, you ready? You have 15 minutes, right, 12 emails. <laughs> so you're gonna write your just examples. And here's what this is for. You're, when you leave here, you're absorbing a lot over the last few days, right? There's just a lot going on. When you get home, you're going to have this list of like, okay, oh yeah, I already did a little, a little bit of this work. I came up with these ideas of a nine to 12 email sequence for a launch. And you can always edit. You can always write. So I don't want you in this moment in 15 minutes to think I have to get the perfect nine to 12 email sequence, but it just is going to get your brain thinking about this is what it might look like. This is, here are the nine to 12 things, topics that I would talk about in a launch. And I know yesterday, I think someone found in one of the workbooks, maybe like where, where Stacy talks about this, if anybody knows, that would be great. I remember the, like what, no, the launch, in the launch course, she talks about it, I think. Okay. And, and I, maybe I can look in some of the books in a minute, but um, let's see. Oh. 
in advanced selling? Fine. Here we are. 200K example, referred to $2 million copy, page 122. Oh, that, oh so that's where she starts her sequence? In $2 million copy? Yep, $2 million copy, page 122. That's, that's where her philosophy is, so it's probably where she starts hers. That's the philosophy. Oh, it's not in there. Can I see? Unless that begins the CEO, that might be. In the beginning, in the, the table of contents, it shows where she has launches. Page 55, 51, and 103. I wonder if these page numbers that that are like in the instructor manual. I wonder if it's just copied from before and maybe the page numbers aren't right. I don't think that this is. We're gonna, let me just read you what I'm just gonna read you this example because I have it here, the thing that she says is on page 122, which I do not see in there. Um, let me just read you like her, this is an 11 email sequence and I'll, I'm just gonna read you the, the subjects, the titles, do not write them down. I want you to just listen and notice. I'm not reading this 20 times so you can write it all down. I want you to just listen and notice the like kind of what is she covering, right? Like what are the, what are the different topics? How does she kind of explore a launch from all sides? So email number one is the peer effect. She's talking about like peers, what it's like to be in the room, why that is important. Email number two is the 200K philosophy. So some of that work we did yesterday, it's the philosophy. This is what, you know, this is who I am as a coach. This is what I stand for. Email number three, the three steps to making 200K. That will, that dives a little into the, like, this is what we're actually gonna do. This is the how, right? This is the solution, the strategy. Email number four, 200K live. In just three days, this is what you leave with. So exploring a little bit of like the actual details of the live event, plus this is what's gonna happen in those three days. This is what you're gonna take away. Email five is fucking amazing copy. I, that's what it says. I don't know exactly what that email is about, but I'm assuming it's about writing great copy and why it's important. Email number six, important travel info. So this is addressing like what questions someone might have about like what are the logistics, right? Um, email number seven, the underdog, we've got you. So that's talking to specifically the people who you know are right on that verge of like, am I making enough money to be in the room? And maybe you know, scared to spend the money. What am I going to get out of it? Email eight, final day to apply. So like a last chance email, last chance to join this year. Email nine is the result list. So that would look like you know, here are all the things you're going to leave with. This is all the stuff that you're going to get from joining this mastermind. Email 10. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. is that the subject line for that email result list? Yeah, it is. I, okay. yeah, it's in two million copy. Perfect. Okay. That was on page 134. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
So maybe in page 122, maybe it doesn't, maybe that's where like these start. emails start. So that's where you can look through them. It just doesn't have this list. Email 10 is three subtle shifts you didn't know you need. And then email 11 is January's plan. Exactly sure what that one is. So you'd have to look at it in the copy book, but I assume it's like. It actually starts on page 116, like 116. All the subject types yeah. of those emails, and maybe the first one, right? Okay, yes. That's on, that's on 116. Oh, okay. $2 million dollar copy is the pure effect subject line, and then that whole email. And then what Lindsay's reading is just the subject line. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to take about 15 minutes. I want you to start thinking through this for you. What would what would it look like for you? What would your 9 to 12 email sequence look like? If this feels tricky, just allow it to. Okay. <laughs> if you've never thought about it this way, but this is one of those things where it's like, oh, this is supposed to, I'm like supposed to know how to do this. But if you have never done this before or thought about it, I mean, everyone in this room is making enough money that you have done this, I promise, in some way. And if you're not sending 9 to 12 launch emails, right, like you are thinking about this somehow. People are hearing these things from you. So this is just an opportunity to say like, okay, what would it look like if I were to do this? And then we're going to have plenty of time. So we're going to like go through this. We can do some coaching on it. And then we can have also some time if you want to we could set aside if you want to practice writing one email, the kind of the homework that I gave last night that I'm assuming a lot of people probably didn't get to, just writing an email about the philosophy or using PSPR. And you can use it to write one of the emails that's on your list. Yeah, it looks like it, all right. the sequence kicks off with all the, the prep work, the, the testimonials, warm it, all the warm-up phase before the actual Yes. Yeah, this is the actual, like, in the launch, like, the launch has started emails. <clears throat> There's probably a whole build up to that. <clears throat> See. Mm -mm. I mean, any more. I think of that as like two sequences. Two sequences. Yeah. And the the sequences to sell the, the workshop or whatever yeah. is maybe not quite as long. This is how I do it. This is not right or wrong. Yes. But maybe not quite as long as the other. Okay. Yeah. But I think of it as, as two separate things. So there's like this. So anything, even if, even if I'm trying to get someone to sign up for something free or like click this link or do this workshop, whatever, I'm selling that thing, Yeah. right? So even if they're not paying me money for it, like I think of it as like, I'm selling them to do this thing and then I'm selling them to do this thing. And so I'm gonna write an email sequence to sell the workshop and then I'm gonna write an email sequence to sell the... Could you perhaps do in the PS and the program opens on the same day or something like that? Maybe just to start really getting thing that that is what's coming next. Yes. Yeah, I'll write things, like, especially my program's open all the time. So I have this big training coming up. So I'm currently like writing emails for that. But I might, might put in the PS if you're ready to sign up now, blah, 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 right? Like, because some people will be like, no, no, I just want in the thing. Like, how do I do that? And so I give them that option in the PS. Yeah. Right. Thank you.
want to read something um, that's written in here really quickly, just in case this helps anyone if you're struggling with this exercise. Stacy says, rather than learning, in quotes, what topics to include in the sales sequence, as in like, you know, instead of looking at my topics and thinking like, okay, how do I replicate this or I need to recreate this? I want students in the 200K Mastermind to learn how to think about their clients and what they want or need to hear to make a great decision. I want them to think about their best clients and what will draw those people into them. Just in case that's helpful for you or if you find yourself in the, the like minutia of like, okay, why did she write this email? Like what's my equivalent to that? I think that it's more like focusing your mind on your clients. What do they need to hear? What are all the things I need to say to them? I want to say to them. Yeah, I covered the last time to get them to a yes by the end of the sequence. What all do they have to know? Mm -hmm. Get them to a yes. Does anybody have a charger for my Mac? I do. <laughs> the main thing they're going to learn is that logistics, mm -hmm. right? And seeing like, do I have all those covered in my sequence? Mm -hmm. Lindsay, I have a question. Yeah. So mine, um, mine is much like yours in that there's like it's open. Yeah. So as I'm doing this, I've launched a whole bunch. So it's like my brain kind of goes to launch sequence, but yeah. like, I guess it's just a logistical, I'm just curious how you think of it. So mm -hmm. like, if you were to sit down and you were writing a series of 12 emails, how does, like, I'm struggling to, it's a relatively, let me say this first. It's a relatively new thing for me to have it open all the time. Okay. So my brain is, um, I think battling a little bit with like, oh, it's different and confusion around, um, there's a switch that I need to, to switch. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. My brain is trying to tell me that. And I, um, I find myself going back and forth with that as I make my list. Am I you mean? conveying that? Well, <laughs> what do you mean? There's a switch that I need to switch. Like, what are you thinking that is? I'm not sure it's true, but what I'm thinking is yeah. if I was sitting down writing a list of 12 emails that were going to be in a part of a launch, that's, that's one thing, mm -hmm. but because it's not like a traditional launch, yeah. that's another thing. That's what my brain okay. is. Okay. Got it. Are you doing launches even though it's open all the time? So like for me, my program's open all the time, but I have this upcoming training that is leading into like a big launch for my program. That's the idea. Yeah, I have, a, I mean, basically what you just said. Yes. Like I have that in September coming up and I would love to have a bigger group of people coming in for October. Yeah. Okay. So then why, why would that be any different than what you're used to doing? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what does your brain offer though? When I say that, like what, why would it be any different? What come, what, what do you actually see? Like, oh, this, th but this thing. 
same damn, oh, sorry. It's the same thing <laughs> as yesterday. Ah, my brain is like, you're lying. You're making fake urgency. I'm not even, my emails are not even like, the card is closing in five seconds. It's not doing that. <laughs> but that's what my brain is saying. Like, um, to send out a sequence of these in a launchy sort of way is... Is there an incentive to, for them to sign up during that launch? The only incentive is that um, our, we have two retreats a year that are only for people in WOW. And uh -huh. so, like, the incentive is that they would be able to come to Palm Springs versus Louisville in, in the spring. So the, that's kind of a heavier incentive. Palm I Springs love Palm Springs so much. I mean, <laughs> it's my favorite. Literally <laughs> my favorite place. Send me the email. <laughs> but I yeah. want you to take your mind to that place of like, and, and not in a fake way, right? I think this is what's creating that like, oh, but it's like fake urgency. Like really find the things, like what is the incentive? and sell yourself on that so that you can sell them on it. Uh -huh. And not, not something you create up and make like fake urgency around, but like a true incentive. That's a good mm -hmm. one. Yeah. I, I realized just from the coaching I've had over the last two days, like I really have a fear of being fake. Yeah. I mean, I really, it's a, it's a thing for me. I didn't really know that, but I think I've heard myself, you know, asking questions and getting coaching and like I've said now twice, like it feels like I'm lying or I feel like I'm out of integrity if I say that, or I feel like people will think it's fake. It's a thing. What if the only problem is that you're just not directing your brain to the place? Well, there's two problems, maybe, potentially. We talked about one yesterday, whereas like, it was like, where aren't you actually addressing the thing, right? Like not, you're not being fake, but you're like avoiding kind of talking about these things because you're like scared to talk about them. So there's that. Then there's also the side where all, all that's happening is you're just not directing your brain to, no, there is an incentive. Here is why. Even if I'm not, I'm not saying you need to go create some giant incentive or like give them a discount or anything like that, right? But just really thinking about like what are the incentives for them to join during this launch you're just not spending your time thinking about that right you're just like okay let me just write it and then this kind of feels fake but I'm gonna ignore that little voice yeah it's making me very emotional as I sit here with this and I think like really emotional um what's that that's coming up i've <clears throat> i've been in the field of business for really for 20 more than 20 years and i was a i worked in silicon valley where it was extremely toxic extremely toxic mm -hmm. and um there was so much pressure to market a certain way mm -hmm. and to sell a certain way. And that was my job. I ran the, the department and I was always, 
I was always fighting to hold my integrity mm -hmm. and not be them. Yeah. And um, I did that for 16 years. And I think for a long time in the business, I was trying to not be, I was, whatever I was doing, it was to not be that. Whatever yeah. I was building, it was not that. And I've really worked to shift that, but I think that this is coming up. I'm even shaking. Wow. This is like a whole thing for me. I, I, um, it's really, it's always been very clear to me that women could build business in a way that did not require them to sacrifice who they, who they are, like value. Yeah. They could still be an in integrity. Mm -hmm. A lot of my people don't believe that. They think I have to do something gross. And I guess I just have such a, maybe I have this little part of me that's like, what if it is? And what if I am? And yeah. What if you are? out of integrity. Yeah. Well, this is your opportunity to be the most in integrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just helpful for me to even look at that. It's a thing I thought I had dealt with, but I'm realizing that it's just a new, new level, new devil kind of thing. Yeah. I'm curious if this is related to that thought that you shared the first day that was like, I've lost my mojo or I've was that what it was? I lost my mojo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I came back from, so that all ha happened when I had my last child. And I, when I came back, I remember talking to my husband and being like, I'm not going to sell with this urgency, pressury, excitement, and you know, the do this now or five days left, you know, that whole, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Right? Yes. I was forged in that fire, you know what I'm saying? Like coming up and, um, I just, I had a daughter, so that's, so I had had a son previously and I had a daughter mm -hmm. and it really made me go, who do I want to be? Yeah. And, um, I think that maybe I lost my confidence. I used to feel like, <sighs> which is for better or for worse, but you kind of had to have false bravado in my old life, my pre-coaching career. And so I really felt like, uh, you know how Stacy said she could sell ice to Eskimos? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. I could walk in any room and do anything. That's how it felt. Because it had to feel that way. And then I think when I started to feel more like, okay, I will trust who I am and I will trust my integrity and I will only sell from that. I think I thought that I'm not going to make as much money. And that is, and then that's when everything went bloop, flatline, stay at this for mm. sustain for this number of years. Right. Um, yeah. So that is not a connection I've ever made, but I think that, I think that that's exactly what happened is there was a part of me that's like, well, I can still make money, but I can't keep this skyrocket thing that I was doing before I got pregnant with her. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Sounds to me like you didn't lose your mojo. You're just intentionally finding a new one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like it was a conscious choice of like, I don't love this mm-hmm. energy. I don't love selling from this place and I'm going to shift that. And I can still be, I can be successful in integrity, period. I don't have to sacrifice some level of success. I think you can be the most successful when you're in integrity. Yeah. That's a thought I need to work on believing more than I believe now. I do believe it. Yeah. Leave it for you. Uh, (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, it does only work for me. I'm sorry. You can (laughs) welcome to try, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Does anyone have any ibuprofen or? I do. Um, I have upstairs. I have everything you could possibly. Uh, I was going to say the pharmacies at this end, but um, oh yay! Thank you. Yes, he's down there. Yeah, you have a rash, diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have? Yeah, can I? The tech aisle is over here. Wait, really? Seriously? (laughs) Coaching? Yes. Yeah, I want to. That's what we're going to do. I want to open this up for. Anything that came, anything else that came up for you, anything you have questions about or want coaching on when you're thinking about this email sequence that you just worked on? So mine's a little more launch related. Okay. Okay, go for it. It's into the emails. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I think it's mostly, it's usually all related, right? It's like we're working on this thing and it just brings up the, the like shit over here. It brings all the things up. So, um, I'm allowing myself to be in a state of confusion around all of this in relation to launching my, my bigger group. Mm-hmm. The others, not a problem. It's this. Because I haven't done it yet. Since I changed my enrollment process. So I've shared before that my bigger group enrollments almost always have been from a live event experience yeah and so in march when i did it i had no idea what to do so i I did a webinar because i know how to do webinars i did the application thing nobody filled it out like it just it wasn't something that i am proficient at like that whole yeah methodology and, and sales strategy right and I didn't have anyone enroll. And I was actually, kind of, I, didn't, I didn't care actually, because I was I'm trying to just step out of the old model. This is how I do it to the new model. And so right now I quote unquote should be launching, right? Like if, if we're looking at timelines and so forth because my group is ending in October. Um, 
that I currently have because I didn't renew anybody or sign. Just it ends in October and should be starting a new group. Um, my intention was to start in November. I think I'm just stuck on. I don't know what to do to launch. And I couldn't, I couldn't list the, sure, I can do a webinar, I can do. But the underlying fear of not enrolling again. And then I even wrote down, it was like, what would happen if I just waited until January? Or I give myself more time, come up with a quote unquote better strategy. Because I haven't really, I haven't really planned the launch. I mean, I've been thinking about it for three months. So what if I waited till January, which is totally a possibility, but then I feel like I'm just pushing off the timeline just to avoid having to do this. Are you thinking that there's like a magical new how? Yeah. Because I know, because you, you were in my group last time and we've talked about the um, switching from that like live thing to this other option, which coached on several times. And I just want to be clear, you, that's still what you want to do. Do I want to do the live? No, you don't want to do the not, live. Not as an enrollment. Okay. So I would love to, I so want to go back to doing live in-person stuff. My people need it. I, I need it. I love them to pieces. And when I did them before, they were just they were a lot of work, but they're so fun. Yeah. But I don't want to use that strategy as a way to enroll anymore. Okay. Because what I was finding is the I think it was setting people up to join. I had a few people who joined from these. When I enrolled in person, when I did live events in person and enrolled there, I got amazing people into my programs, right? Connection, energy, match, and everything. When I had to flip to an online three-day event model, it was very different. It was very structured. Like I followed this very structured process. And even though I did get really good, amazing people in who've had crazy success and I loved pieces, a couple others who weren't good fits have snuck in. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, I was getting people in and I think they were coming in because they were attracted to my energy field. Mm -hmm. And then they came in and they shouldn't have been there. Because of the structure of the three-day enrollment event, there's a very kind of like Jasmine was sharing. You know, there's this very, you know, commitment to buy. And, and I don't want to do that anymore because it's draining. I haven't figured out how else to bring it. I do, I think. My brain almost thinks that there's a right way. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm like, well, let's just wait till January. And I'm like, I don't really want to wait till January. And then I'm only pushing the problem off. I need to just deal with the problem, rip the Band-Aid off. What if it's not true that the, it was the live event? They were just so draining for me. Well, hold on, hold on, Sully. What if it's not true? Like you are very convinced that that live event, that that energy is what had people signing up? No, just all the people signing up. Oh. Great people that were like, they just love you, the connection, the in-person, the this. Have you considered that that could just not be true at all? No. <laughs> right. Right. Because when you're telling you, like your brain is always going back to like, but this live event was like the thing. And so I have to figure out, well, that's not true. It's your genius, your thing, like whatever you create from whatever energy you created the live training, that's what they're buying. People don't give you a bunch of money just because like, oh, can it help? Sure, you can create that energy in different ways. People don't give you a bunch of money and keep giving you money just because they had fun at a live event. True. You did that. True. 100%. Like you really have to understand that because I think that even trying to figure out like what's the thing when you're always comparing it's like, oh, but the live event is like how it happened. It just immediately puts you in a place of like it's already not enough. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't the, it wasn't the sales strategy that brought them in. No, it was your brain. Mm -hmm. I hate that answer. <laughs> it was struggling all the action you were to have. Now your brain created the actions, right? It was your brain. That is what brought them in. That is what created the money. really always just been my willingness to do hard things. <laughs> it just brings them in. You're so willing to do hard things. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Can you say that so I can write it down for myself again? You're willing to do hard things? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to write that down. You already know. <laughs> I actually think that you, because you're so willing to do hard things, yeah. It's almost like you're intentionally making Make things, things harder. Hard. Yeah, I mean. Life throws you opportunities to learn yeah. how to do things, the hard things. Yeah. And the time, you know. Yep. It too. Yep. And so. I have, I have a dual brain that part of me is like, wired to fight for the cause yeah and then i'm also wired for the, despite that i'm also wired for the path of least resistance <laughs> but when it comes to and i can see that for other people but for myself i say making a profit 
it's already hard, right? Because you're feeling the way yeah, you're yes. feeling right this now. Is a version of hard. Yes. Right. Which is what I always say. Like, I don't remind yourself that, like, no, no, it's already hard. It's okay. <laughs> right. Like, there's this happening, which feels not great. You don't need to go find more hard to earn whatever you're trying to earn. Right. So my <laughs> LCS one money um, is not created. My brain created my results. Yes, not my actions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it on a different level. It was more my brain created the results. Yes, not the strategy. Because I do love strategy. Yeah. You're still going to take action, right? right? Like, still use the strategy. It's not just our thoughts create our results. It's our right. thoughts, our feelings, our actions, how they all go together, right? Like the whole package. That's what creates the results. But when you are believing that the live event creates the results, take all of your like if the live event's creating it, then how could you possibly be doing it? I've given all my ownership to the event. Yes. Not to me. Yes. I'm sure everyone noticed even the way you described, like, I can do a webinar and a this and this and like, whatever. Yeah. Right? So you can tell just the way you describe it is like, well, those things, bleh. like, nobody cares about those. Yeah, well, I used to. Those aren't a live event. Right. Right. And I used to feel the same way about webinars. I had to rename them. I couldn't call them webinars because I hated the term webinar. I had to call it a training. <laughs> like, and I just, I just had to, yeah. Uh -huh. works for me. Yeah. I host workshops. That's fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, webinar has to have a sequence and a structure. Uh -huh. a training and a workshop. I just get to teach some people. Huh. <laughs> right. But just, it's more the, like, just noticing how you describe just like the, well, so I replaced it with these actions. These are blah, like whatever. Versus like the live events. Right. I could just literally just stay in the energy of, look, I have the coffee that you want. You can come have the coffee. And if you're not a coffee drinker, that's fine. I could just stay in that energy and not make the person saying no to the coffee a personal attack. So interesting. That's what you teach your people, right? Yep. Totally. This is always true. I know, but so we always teach what we need to learn. Yeah. It's not, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, I just sent an email yesterday in the PS. I'm like, enrollment's open, click the application. I was like, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then my VA just sent me a message. She read, read like next week's email. She was loading it. She said, I read it and I wanted to join your program. <gasps> She said the energy, the energy of it is so good. And I was like, thank you for telling me that. Now I need to go back and figure out what was the energy I was in when I wrote that email because I wrote it like two weeks ago. Okay. But what do you think? What do you think? So not even that email, but even if you think about like in the past when you were thinking about a live event, thinking about planning it, like going into that, like, okay, this is going to create momentum into my year. I didn't love it. Okay. That's why I think I wasn't. What were your thoughts about it? Like not not like the negative thoughts about the live event, but what were your thoughts about the effectiveness of like you like there was a reason you did it? Because I believe somebody else said that I could do it that way. I borrowed their belief. 
and then it worked. And then we're like, okay, now this is just how I do it. Kind of, yeah. Well, my yes and no. My very that's not hundred percent true because you were just saying like, and it's the connection and that people love. My me. very, very, very first in-person event was divinely given to me when I was out on a walk, and Source just said, "You need to get them together in a room, mm. put on an event." Like literally, it was like, "Get them in a room together, put on an event. They need to be together." And that's how the first one started. Okay, and that created what I wanted it to. It was that switching from the in-person to the online. And then there was something in that, but it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant because like you said, it wasn't the event that created my results or created them saying yes, it was my brain and what I share, share with them and what I do teach them and the results that they are getting. That is why I do have the results that I do despite my jacked up Think about Stacy's coaching yesterday and what she was teaching yesterday, where she was like, how can you make it fun for your clients to buy? How can you make it easy nice. and fun and all of that, which you totally were doing, not because of the live event, but because of the way you were thinking about it. And this is going to be great for them. Now you're like, oh, I'll do a webinar, blah, blah, blah. which is definitely doesn't bring. And, and the past couple ones that I have done online, they would... The process of putting that on was not fun. The amount of tech that I had to learn, converting my house into a studio without support, like just, it was not fun. Okay. And so that's why you're saying- You can right, solve for that. How, that's <laughs> probably how and why I ended up attracting some people that weren't the right fit because I was doing it just to do it. Yeah. Not from the energy of this will be fun. It's always fun when I get to it. It's the filling and the, everything up to that, which I was not bringing the right energy into that to fill it online, the online one. Okay. So I could actually go back and do that model again if I wanted to. That strategy, mm -hmm. again, if I wanted to. Yeah. And just decide to make it fun and easier. Yeah, if you do it without changing your brain and knowing that you're you're the genius that makes this happen, your brain is why they're coming. You do it without doing that, it will just feel awful again. So I shared with Olivia the other day that my biggest launch ever was April of 2020 in the heat of COVID when they couldn't even go out and serve people. Mm -hmm. And I made $66,000. I, it was my biggest lunch to date at my kitchen counter with a laptop. <laughs> Overcomplicating it? Nope. At the beach house, it has awful lighting, by the way. Yeah, you don't care about the lighting or the production or the, all the things that you said that made it so stressful for you. And I keep, I keep like going back, trying to be like, figure out what it was about that that worked so well. What was it? We just kept showing up in service. Mm, interesting. In a deep, deep way. And I think you probably had a thought, like, I can help them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. That was, that's what, like, started it. I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm letting them shut their businesses down. Oh, no, no, no. We are not doing that. Not today. Not on my watch. Kind of like, I was so, like, it had nothing to do with me. Because I was supposed to do an event that was booked 
had sold tickets because of COVID. Did it take that pressure off of you of like doing it perfectly? Cause it was like, well, we're just going to figure this out. I'm just going to do it. However I can do it because it's the thing. It just, we were supposed to do an in-person live event that was already in motion. And then when COVID took that away, I was like, oh, I guess I just, I won't launch. It's literally what I thought. And then I was just like, wait a minute. No, I have to do something like just because the